I'm John McKee, and I'm the editor of Messianic Apologetics. www.messianicapologetics.net And I would like to welcome you to this episode of Messianic Insider. Today is part four of four of Messianic Judaism is Apostolic and Prophetic. And this is a series we have been going through since our family, myself, my parents, Mark and Margaret Huey, returned from the IAMCS Rabbis Conference. Before we get into our material for today, I do have a few announcements. Uh, The first announcement is, and you may have already seen some of this if you've been keeping up with our McKee Moment uh, shorts, our family, our ministry, now with 2024 definitely upon us, has entered into a new season. Uh, This is something which during the past week in my uh, prayer times, when I journal, when I go before the Lord and I try to discern what he has for me, what he has for us, it was communicated to me that we've entered into a new season. And the previous season, 2019 to 2023, had important work to do. And that certainly over the next few weeks, I will receive some more specifics about how we are to adapt to uh, changes which are taking place. Uh, So your prayers, your encouragement, your continued support uh, are definitely needed for this new season. Likewise, it is our plan for the next episode of Messianic Insider uh, for us to have a family unfiltered episode uh, where there will be members of my extended family. We will be focusing around a particular subject, a particular question, and we will have a round table. Now, that is something which is planned. We still have a number of details uh, we have to figure out. If there's a delay, I can definitely uh, teach on something else uh, for next week. So uh, notwithstanding some illness or some other situation, we will have a a new Messianic Insider episode next week. It's the plan to do Family Unfiltered, but if it gets delayed a little bit, uh, there are other things to talk about for certain. All right, so today, part four of four, Messianic Judaism is apostolic and prophetic, where we have been going through this outline from the IAMCS Rabbis Conference 2024 by Paul Lieberman, a Messianic Jewish pioneer of long standing. And this is a presentation he gave in about six and a half minutes. It was the last 10 minute talk. It was actually much shorter than 10 minutes because, uh, We were running uh, late. 
I know that for some of you, terms like apostolic and prophetic are buzzwords. However, I ask you to think of them as adjectives, small a apostolic, small p prophetic. We know that there have been figures throughout the history of our faith, certainly since the Protestant Reformation to the present, who have operated in particular callings, vocations, and have performed significant work for the body of Messiah, consistent with that of the apostles who went out into the Mediterranean declaring the good news. Similarly, there have been figures in our faith who have operated in small p prophetic callings and vocations, performing work consistent with the biblical prophets. And for the case of Messianic Judaism, which we believe has an important role to play in the final stages of history leading up to the return of Israel's Messiah, we do believe that it has an important place consistent with other religious movements which have preceded it. And indeed, many are of the conviction, myself included, that this movement, which is placing a massive Jewish salvation and ultimately the return of the Messiah himself at the center of its ethos, of the center of what it's all about, means that it is indeed apostolic and prophetic. Does that mean that there are actual apostles in the Messianic community, actual prophets? In my opinion, I think it's best that we look at apostolic and prophetic, small a apostolic, small p prophetic, but it is certainly something very important. Now, there are four main points we've been reviewing through uh, Paul Lieberman's outline here. To review what we've already gone through, uh, number one, apostles start things. Number two, apostles are leaders. Number three, prophetic movements are future-minded. And what we will be reviewing today, prophetic movements are sound on doctrine, which is something I think is very important because the whole purpose of apologetics. It comes from the Greek apologia, meaning a defense. Yes, I know many of us think of it in terms of an apology, meaning that I'm so sorry about this, I'm so sorry about that. And apologetics can indeed uh, at times involve having to correct uh, attitudes, correct uh, inappropriate behavior, uh, recognize mistakes, trying to fix them. But the field of apologetics uh, for those in biblical studies mainly involves defense of the faith. And so messianic apologetics would involve defense of the faith in a messianic context with a focus on matters of Israel, matters of Judaism, and matters regarding the messianic mission and what we're here to uh, perform. So Prophetic movements are sound on doctrine. Now, this is actually a very good outline right here, an outline of points. But as you will quickly see, uh, 
there's some statements here which can be taken different ways by uh, different people, even people internally within the Messianic community. They might say, well, we're still working on some of that, or, well, you might think that, but I think this. So the point is, as we look to the future, recognizing that 2024 is a year of of change. There are going to be some very important events out there in the world. Uh, As I've said this week, there's some big changes taking place with our own family and that they will spill over into our ministry and new work and new things that we believe the Lord wants us to do. Prophetic movements are sound on doctrine. Now, speaking generally here, we know that one person's sound doctrine is another person's false doctrine. We know We'll just use the theme of end-time prophecy. We know that for many people, believing in an imminent pre-tribulation rapture, that is true doctrine. And then for other people, believing in an imminent pre-tribulation rapture at any moment, that is false doctrine. And we could say the same thing. Many people on the pre-trib side think that those who believe that The redeemed are to experience the horrors of the tribulation period, but be preserved by God. That's false doctrine. And those who believe that there's some kind of any moment escape, that's false doctrine. So there is some subjectivity there. But normally, when we talk about sound on doctrine, we're not talking about peripheral things like eschatology, interpreting prophecy, going into some of the minutia of those kinds of things, you're looking more at essential core matters such as Yeshua is the Messiah. Yeshua is God. The Holy Scriptures are the final authority for our beliefs. Uh, Salvation comes only through Yeshua or Jesus. It doesn't come by any kind of human action. Those are the kinds of, you know, essential doctrines which people who disagree on matters of eschatology or the end times would recognize are absolute. Uh, And indeed, if you look at, in this case, uh, Paul Lieberman, a former president of the MJAA, you look at an MJAA statement of belief, it's broadly evangelical. The Outreach Israel Ministries, Messianic Apologetic Statement of Faith. It's broadly evangelical. Uh, Even though not everyone out there in conservative evangelicalism would agree with certain particulars of some of the major Messianic Jewish organization statements of faith, our own ministry statement of faith, they would, I pray, recognize that on the absolute essentials, Yeshua is the promised redeemer. Yeshua is God. Salvation by grace through faith. The Holy Scriptures are the final authority for Messiah followers. They would consider us sound on doctrine. And and hopefully they would give us some benefit of the doubt. Well, let's try to open up a discussion and sort through those areas where we at present don't see eye to eye. 
All right, there's five sub sub points here, uh, A through E, which uh, we'll now quickly go through. A, and this is speaking of the Messianic community generally, we sponsor yeshiva study, Bible schools, and graduate degrees. And indeed, various institutions, various courses of study, notwithstanding, on the whole, there are different messianic yeshivas, such as that promoted by the IAMCS. I went through that for my uh, messianic teacher uh, ordination. There are Bible schools. Uh, Some of them are associated with major uh, Christian universities, and they're just a a division or a department. Uh, Graduate degrees, likewise, they may be associated with some kind of a evangelical Christian seminary or university. That's just speaking in broad terms. Uh, Whether some of these messianic institutions are going to give you the best education for the circumstances in the year 2024 or not, I think that is in the eyes of the beholder. And I would simply say that one's education in theology and the Bible and understanding God, that is something which is ongoing. But if you are someone who needs some kind of education with a messianic focus, there are options out there. And at least in my case, going through the IAMCS Messianic Teacher Certification and then licensing and and ordination. I already had a Master's in Biblical Studies from Asbury Theological Seminary, which is one of the top evangelical seminaries here in the United States. So I already had a a degree from a widely known school uh, going through the IAMCS Yeshiva was part of my ongoing education. It was much more economical. Uh, And there are people I know who would probably get the best out of something like that if they already have some kind of previous religious studies training. I would not advise, and this is my opinion, anyone going into a messianic, messianic messianic-focused education program without having had some previous training at the undergraduate and or graduate level. So if you were getting your bachelor's degree at a university, make sure you've studied Hebrew language, Greek language, and some kind of biblical period related histories in ancient Israel, the ancient Near East, ancient Greece, ancient Rome, something like that. Uh, Don't just jump into a yeshiva without something else uh, backing you up. Point B, we are not afraid to call out biblical error. Now, for my purposes as a teacher and a writer and a researcher, there are many things out there within the messianic sphere of influence which Today, we would more or less look at within the Hebrew root sphere of influence, which I definitely have called out over the years as error, misinterpretation, something which can take people down different paths which they have no business going. The major Messianic Jewish organizations have released over the years different white papers on 
issues which they have seen come into assemblies and create division and unnecessary tensions. Some of these are on issues which probably needed further examination exegetically. Some of these were on major matters involving salvation, the nature of Yeshua, etc. There's always room for improvement when you call out biblical error because when you call out a misinterpretation or a false teaching, you're going to incur blowback. You're going to incur criticism for it. Nevertheless, the importance of the Messianic movement for the last days means that difficult things have got to be said, and hopefully when those matters take place, the Lord uses it as a point for us all to learn and improve in our understanding of a controversy. Point C, our orientation emphasizes both the Tanakh and the New Covenant. So the Tanakh, the Old Testament, the New Covenant, the Apostolic Scriptures, or the New Testament. So the Messianic Jewish community, now obviously every congregation, every venue does need to be evaluated on a case-by-case basis sometimes, but the Messianic Jewish community, certainly the conference I went to, focuses on the final authority of the Holy Scriptures and the unity of the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. Now, there are, of course, questions. What do you do about some of the ancient traditional Jewish literature like the Mishnah, the Talmud, Midrashim, Dead Sea Scrolls, Pseudepigrapha, things like that? And generally speaking, it's been my observation that those kinds of materials are looked at as history, philosophy, and commentary, which is, by the way, how they tend to be approached by a a great deal of those in biblical studies. They are not Holy Scripture, they are not part of the canon, but depending on what the issue is, they can aid our understanding of a passage or a particular matter. If you go to most Messianic congregations, my experience is that things like the Talmud, for example, will not be treated as Holy Scripture. And in all of my time in the Messianic community, I have never been in a congregation, synagogue, fellowship, where on Saturday morning before the service or Saturday afternoon or a Wednesday night study, people are going to be sitting around studying the Talmud. They're going to be instead examining things like the weekly Torah portion, some other book of the Bible. They're going to be exploring some issue, like is Yeshua the Messiah? When are we in history on the prophetic timeline? Things like that. Uh, You're not going to be studying Second Temple or post-Second Temple Jewish literature. That doesn't mean that from time to time things are not referenced uh, for history, philosophy, commentary. Uh, But for the most part, your studies are going to be focused on books of the Bible, or they're going to be focused on some issue. Point D, 
We test interpretation by the Holy Spirit. So, for example, if someone gets a funny feeling or they they don't feel quite well when they see a teaching out there, a particular subject matter out there, you will see leaders of these different Messianic organizations come together and they will try to discuss it. Uh, One of the purposes of going to an IAMCS rabbis conference, among other reasons, is to interact with different leaders in our case, across mainly across North America, try to get their perspective, their feel for things. How have you handled this? What have you done when this problem has erupted? Um, and yes, this is where issue by issue things have to be uh, reviewed and what have you. But the place of the Holy Spirit uh, when examining the the purpose and intentions of an important faith community uh, like Messianic Judaism is absolutely vital. So, uh, for example, it's not just a matter of, well, we're going to go to the Bible. It's like, no, we have to pray. We have to um, petition the Lord also for answers. And usually he will guide us to something in the word. And then finally, point E we are propelled to expand the kingdom of God. And that is something in your messianic experience, which is primarily focused around the original messianic mission of Jewish outreach, Jewish evangelism, and Israel solidarity. Because that is directly connected to the Romans 9, 10, and 11 trajectory of salvation history which is to culminate in, of course, a massive turning of Jewish people to faith in Yeshua as the Messiah and the Messiah's subsequent return to planet Earth to restore Israel and reign over this planet. And those are things which I do believe that many of the early Messianic Jewish pioneers really understood. I think some of that has been lost in recent years on some people because of different controversies and mainly, well, what do we do about all the non-Jewish believers whom God has seemingly brought into the Messianic movement? That's where you have to factor in, well, are there other prophecies taking place like Micah 4, 1 through 3, Isaiah 2, 2 through 4, the nations streaming to Zion in the uh, end times to be taught from Moses's teaching and thus worldwide peace being enacted. And how do we see these non-Jewish believers as they embrace quite consciously their faith heritage in Israel's scriptures? How do we see that they are equipped to be co-laborers with Jewish believers in that messianic mission, expanding the kingdom of God? That is an ongoing question. And Of course, it's one of the reasons why we're here with Outreach Israel Ministries and Messianic Apologetics. Uh, And it's an ongoing uh, matter because it concerns, what do we do about this issue? What do we do about that issue? How do we facilitate stability in our increasingly complicated world? And what corrections do we have to make for the future? And how adaptable do we have to be for the future? 
I have uh, a few more points I would like to add uh, to this list, uh, which I wrote down last night. So I've had the opportunity to sleep on it. I absolutely believe that Messianic Judaism is apostolic and prophetic, and it has had some very important work to do as we look toward uh, the return of Yeshua the Messiah. Yet, Messianic Judaism's future is unknown, and in a number of sectors, uncertain. And this may be something which concerns case-by-case venues. One congregation, one synagogue is doing really well. One may not be around that much longer. It's not doing too well. And to be fair, I would say in the year 2024, we may not have enough information at present. Uh, Every time I go to a major Messianic conference event, I ask the Lord, what are we doing here? What are the things we should be uh, monitoring, paying attention to, and what things unknown at present do we have to be taking into consideration for our future? Messianic Judaism is apostolic and prophetic in that it's had some very important work to do. Much of the Messianic community has invoked upon it the moniker the end-time move of God. Is Messianic Judaism the end-time move of God, or is it an important stage which will lead to the end-time move of God? That is where I will have to say we do not have enough information at present, but I do believe it has definitely performed some apostolic and prophetic work. All right, so as I said when we got started, it is our plan for next time to have the first Family Unfiltered episode, which will be a family roundtable discussion. Uh, But if that doesn't happen, I also have another possible episode as a backup, and I'll just keep you uh, up to date on that. As always, on behalf of Outreach Israel Ministries, and Messianic Apologetics. I would like to sincerely thank you for your uh, continued offerings and donations, your prayers, your encouragement, and your support of all of our ministry efforts. Without them, I don't know what we would do. We will see you again next time with another episode of Messianic Insider. Until then, may God bless you, shalom, and take care.